0: Welcome to the 12 bit Nerd Church Podcast. I'm Jamin.
1: And I'm the Tylar.
0: And today we are talking about Godzilla versus Kong, um, which uh, <laughs> I was able to catch the morning it came out. On Jeez, yeah. HBO.
1: That was like a Wednesday, right?
0: Yeah, well, my mornings start off slow and then I slowly work into the day. So, <laughs> I uh, I watched it in the morning, which didn't feel as cool as going to a cool theater yeah. Eating popcorn and watching it in the dark. Mm. But I did it anyways while I cleaned the house.
1: I watched it probably that weekend that it came out. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I was, like, after work on, like, a Friday that we weren't playing D&D or something. And uh, I made my own, like, really good popcorn and, like, sat there. You know, with that popcorn butter that you brought over one time. Guys, shout out to uh, Orville Redenbacher's Butter. If you haven't tried it, it tastes like movie theater popcorn.
0: Just a little little butter thing.
1: Don't use a lot of it. Look at the
0: calories before you put a lot on there. It's very powerful. Yeah, don't use a
1: lot. But uh, it's really good. It's probably one of my favorite uh, things because it makes me feel like I'm at the movie theater again, especially with uh, a nice TV and being able to sit back. It was was a good movie, though. I really enjoyed it. Uh, What about you? It is
0: my favorite of the... Monsterverse. So
1: <laughs> that's that's what yeah. my friend keeps
0: calling it. Yeah. Apparently it's supposed to be the Monsterverse. It uh, is.
1: It is. There's apparently a...
0: And I think that starts not with Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. It's mm-hmm. the Godzilla from like... what? How long ago was that now? Oh, it was the Godzilla from... It was like the weird one, right? Well i mean i don't know how to describe one godzilla movie from another <laughs> uh big godzilla and some smaller godzillas uh, i don't know i just remember it was uh i didn't enjoy it that much but i saw it and that's kind of how i felt about all the MonsterVerse movies mm-hmm. until this one so this one i really liked i felt like it kept me engaged. There's enough twists and turns. Didn't really make sense. We go into the center, spoilers, P- P.S. Like we go into the
1: center of the world or something. Yeah. Which is like an upside down. But it also doesn't make sense because there's a sun in the middle of the world. Yeah.
0: Unless it's just the molten core. But then
1: why would it produce that much light? It doesn't. I don't know.
0: It was confusing. But
1: I don't pay attention to that in my. Or were my. Could we? we go
0: into another universe? Like, what were they trying to say?
1: I don't know. Because
0: that part slapped me in the face. Like, because I was cleaning the house while I was watching it. So I must have missed whatever
1: dialogue said. No. We're
0: going into the center of the earth. No? No one ever said that?
1: <laughs> uh, no, they, they knew they were going into the center of the earth. But there was nothing that was going to tell us that the center of the earth was going to be, you know, the center of the earth from the what, what, journey to the center of the earth. Like, it was going to be more like that than it was going to be, like, deep, dark, underdark D&D style center of the earth. (laughs) Well, whatever (laughs) happened, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it
0: a lot. And I found myself fighting for Kong. Oh, No. I did. I, I didn't expect myself to. I like Godzilla. I think monkeys are strange in a lot of the monkey movies. The monkey hit things hard. Yeah, but they, they made him pretty. I mean, they gave him, like, his own little weapon. And oh, <laughs> they gave
1: him a stick to hit things with. A, a stick made of what blue a, stuff. Made of a scale of Godzilla.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Well, and then, okay. <laughs> so spoilers again, spoilers. But they brought it's in, all spoilers. It's Godzilla in, versus Kong. They brought in Mecha Godzilla, which I was not expecting. Apparently, my brother knew because they had released a Funko Pop of Mecha Godzilla. Oh, really? Which kind of gives it away because <laughs> when you yeah. see, you know, Funkos, you're like, oh, that's what's going to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. So he knew that was coming, but I had no idea, just like out of nowhere. So, huh? I thought they masked that well. They did. And like, how do you? How do you fit Mechagodzilla into a story that is even remotely believable that came as close as you could, I thought.
1: I didn't feel like it was that believable.
0: Well, I wouldn't say believable. I mean, how do you do it without everyone being like,
1: what yeah, on earth? Yeah, this doesn't work. They yeah, at yeah, least yeah.
0: found a way where it just didn't feel like completely
1: stupid. <laughs> I think they did it. They followed the old formula that stuck true, which is, okay, does this logically make sense? No. How do we make this make sense? I don't know. Just, just throw the monsters in there. No one will care. And we were like, and all of us went, yeah, yeah, it works. Uh, mind stuff gets controlled using the mind of an old uh, old creature. Old
0: kaiju has mech body. It's basically that um, sci-fi B movie about how an elevator was programmed with the shark <laughs> brain. The shark brain elevator that kills people.
1: Yeah, I it, thought you were talking about the uh, the the demon possessed elevator B no, movie. No, this one was this
0: one was a shark. They built it with a shark brain so it could be moving fast. But the shark has killer instinct. So it would you'd walk in the top floor and it fly to the bottom and spew you out. it was the dumbest thing. This is why I love the sci-fi channel. It's always the most ridiculous concepts. So
1: like who paid you to make this? Oh, there's a B-movie horror movie about a an elevator that's demon-possessed. <laughs> it's just as ridiculous. There's a lot of
0: bad... Yeah, well, you know. Okay, so anyways. Uh, I don't know. In the end, I I actually enjoyed this one. Yeah. All the other ones, I've kind of struggled to fall asleep and whatnot. Or stay awake during. <laughs> Except I did watch Kong for the first time. Like, the day before. Because I hadn't seen Kong before. Partially because I... The last Kong movie I remember was like Jack, Jack Black, Black staring <laughs> Skull Island. Staring in like very dramatic ways for forty five seconds at a time every ten minutes. Yeah. And I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Uh and that and like you know, the Kong trope always turns into this weird like me, like, little lady. Yeah, it's want weird. To like, marry her. You know, it's so, so like, weird. I didn't realize that Godzilla Kong was going to go like this more like protector of island type route. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Kong. I enjoyed this one better. But
1: Yeah, I think uh, for me, Godzilla versus Kong is just like a classic kaiju movie i mean like it doesn't it doesn't need to make a whole lot of sense like they bring in you know the past movies work with it and you know i think they spent too much time on the people in past movies and that's what always ruined it is like i don't care about the story of these people i want to see a kaiju movie <laughs> i want to see big monsters punch each other in the face yeah i want to see mouth beams <laughs> like i <laughs> I don't want to see people going what if the monster was made by this I don't care how it was made I just want to see them fight and this movie was like okay so we're going to take about 10 or 15 minutes stay with us we're going to take 10 or 15 minutes and we're going to explain a little bit of how we get here and then we're just going to have them fight and then we're going to take 10 or 15 minutes to make sure that they don't kill each other immediately so that we can have another fight scene. Because Godzilla would have won that first one. Oh, for sure! Sh- and He just drowned the monkey. You know, I mean, something. he was doing that, and then they were. Then he got they. They saved him once, and Godzilla was like, "Uh, I guess I'll let him live. <laughs> like I'll go away now." They, oh, they survived that one. It'd be a shame if I had did it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, uh, of all the MonsterVerse movies, it was my favorite because it just kept me engaged the whole time. I, which is. A little sad, because I really wanted to enjoy um, the one with Leviathan, for lack of a better Hydra. What, what are we talking about? what Giradoyong.
1: Ge- <laughs> Giradoyong. Geary- what's,
0: what's his... I don't how do you know, but you it?
1: It's... Uh, oh, man. It's Gira. Gira. Um, Yeah, well, that one's fun because you've got what is
0: basically an alien, you know, like, that then also, because it came from the moon or something, but then it also matches all this, like, Greek and all this Hydra and everything that you're expecting it to, and... Yeah. It was was a cool... Way psionic. Yeah, it was set up well, (laughs) but then it just, like... Then they did Spider-Man 3 on this. We're like, what if I brought in every villain that existed and tried to tell all of their stories in two seconds? And then we see the apocalypse, and then it's just like stopped in a moment. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) Like, like there's a lot of cool stuff you could have done with this one. Even from like, if you brought in some more religious tones, which they did like once, they just like show a cross in a red landscape. I'm like, okay, you're trying to paint Revelation because you have this beast with the seven heads and whatnot. But like, you could have done a whole lot more and it it just, I fell asleep. The two times I tried to watch that movie, I've fallen asleep both times (laughs) in the same spot. So like, I don't even know fully what happens. I always wake up and Godzilla's been, had his heart restarted or something. (laughs) So anyways. (laughs) Clear. That's basically what I think they do, but I don't know. I slept through it um but all
1: i do the exact same thing with kong yes which just <laughs> occurred to me as i was saying it out loud i was like wow guys really they just recycled it they're like oh godzilla did it last time let's we'll just do it for kong. kong i don't know what i can guess wrong? i guess so so in this movie we get godzilla versus kong and godzilla won those fights pretty hands down pretty mm. easily but then apparently mecha godzilla defeats godzilla hands down pretty easily it was just stomping him yeah but then kong beats Mecha Godzilla.
0: yeah he can't beat godzilla but he can beat the harder thing than godzilla
1: i don't get it yeah he's godzilla on steroids is apparently weaker to kong than regular godzilla and i don't get it <laughs> yeah well that's fair but you know,
0: if you're rooting for the monkey <laughs> at that point, you're yeah, fine you're like, girl, the
1: monkey gets something. The yeah. monkey did a thing. Finally, well, it's always cool. I like watching Kong's fights. Like he's he's got a lot a lot of cool scenes. Um, never be as good as the the scene of the old Japanese Godzilla landing on his tail and then flying through the air as he kicks. Uh, you're, you're oh i know exactly what you're talking it's, about yeah yeah balances on his tail and then, and then just, just like launches like a rocket <laughs> makes no sense nothing will beat that fight scene for me but yeah. but we we can get close and this one had a lot of really cool fight scenes uh, between the, between them. But uh, we were talking a little bit about the spiritual stuff, and I was like, I had no idea what to talk about, uh, so... <laughs> what do you talk about when you're talking about kaiju? But you said you had some... Well, it just so
0: happens <laughs> that I've actually written a movie, a movie, a you book. A whole movie?
1: Let's I've shoot it! I've <laughs> written
0: a book called Kaiju of Biblical Proportions, because... Uh, one of the things that I noticed is in the Bible, you have kaiju, you know, that's that Japanese word for like these giant monsters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, these The monster verse exists in the Bible. In fact, probably in some ways has inspired some of the monster verse. Because lots of cultures have stories about like giant things, uh, dragons or, you know, oh, yeah. uh, dinosaurs, of course, we have fossilized recollection of so we're like okay so giant things have existed before and more or less that's just like trying to tell those stories in a, a bigger way but the bible has a few kaiju it's got leviathan, leviathan. which would be similar to gira
1: dion G- <laughs> like- oh you were so close gira <laughs> gira Gera. or is it like a silent g is it no it's gone? definitely got a g it definitely says the g we'll we'll get the swords we'll get this eventually <laughs> giratini is a pokemon i don't think that one's it maybe no. let's just this is gonna bother us i know the entire All time right. it's gira gira but we're talking about with a uh, dragon
0: creature in we'll
1: just start spelling it
0: in godzilla godzilla we are like Hydra, King Ghidorah. 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 So Ghidorah appears uh, like... Throughout history. And the Bible, sorry,
1: Ghidorah <laughs> doesn't Gidorah appear appears either. in the Bible. Uh, Something that we're Jamin, working off of. First Jamin uh, <laughs> section 24. <laughs> Job. Job talks about
0: Leviathan. <laughs> uh, actually, several different passages throughout the Old Testament talk about Leviathan. By the time you're done with it, you get this picture painted of a water-esque dragon with seven heads. Um, that God crushes. And yes, it's chaos, but he has it on a leash. So, you know, basically, and since Job, in my opinion, probably wasn't uh, of um, of Israel, he was someone yeah. following God outside of Israel. Uh, and the reason I come to that conclusion is because he breaks a lot of rules in his writing that sound very like another culture. For example, he references constellation names which you never do in the bible because in their culture constellations were like little g gods yeah. of sorts you know so he just like breaks the rules mentions things that no good israelite would do and doesn't do throughout the bible and does a whole bunch of other stuff um but then he mentions leviathan which in i think it's mesopotamian literature was uh um, lighten is, is what its name was. Like Hebrew Leviathan is just Lighten of Mesopotamia. Mm. Um, and you actually see a quote more or less in Isaiah that really lines up. Yes, we're talking about Lighten when we talk about Leviathan. So like Baal, let's, let's go to a little G-God that lots of people have heard of. The Bible doesn't always just paint Baal as like non-existent. Instead, it says that like, God is the God of gods. He's the God of of all spiritual beings. And Baal is insignificant to him. He is yeah. not God. And God, you know, can crush Baal, and Baal can do nothing. Uh Baal is also, Beelzebub is Baal-zebub. Like, Beelzebub, which is Satan in the New Testament, that word comes from the word Baal. So when we think Baal, we think Satan and then we think of them not as non-existent, but God is like crushing the head of the serpent, which is Satan, which is Baal, which is Beelzebub, you know, like, yeah. So anyways, it does the same thing with Leviathan. Job's culture has this spiritual being of Leviathan also pictured as like this water serpent. And uh, God isn't like, nah, it's not real. Instead of, no, God is the God of gods, he mm. crushes Leviathan. Job actually says the mighty are afraid of Leviathan, and the word that he uses is elim for mighty. We often translate it mighty, but another translation you can do for elim is gods. So the gods, the little g gods, are afraid of Leviathan. Yeah. So like this is like a mighty spiritual being. Yeah. That is at war with Everybody. everything. Yeah. In, in other literature, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think uh, I might be wrong. It's been a while since I've written this book. But I think like even like Baal and Leviathan or something like Leviathan uh, get in a fight in their literature. So like I think Baal might even lose to it at first. So like this is a mighty thing. And then Job's just like Leviathan, it's a puppy on a leash for God. Like no human being could ever touch it. Even the gods are afraid of this thing. Uh, but God, it's it has nothing on him, and he will take a sword and run it through.
1: <laughs> so I've got a I got a deep theological question then. Yeah. Um. Uh, about you know we're talking about leashes on and on, on these these little g gods. Mm. So if if God had to put a leash on Ghidorah, would it be one singular leash over the bottom of all the necks, or like a, a connecting leash over all of the necks, like one by one? I. Any, any theological uh, basis <laughs> on that? or guess it doesn't matter because <laughs> you're just going to crush it all anyways.
0: <laughs> but like this is uh, – that's like the water, water in the Bible represents chaos already. And so Leviathan being pictured as this like creature of the water. Yeah. Which in other literature is known as um, – uh, it's in D&D. Which one? Uh, Tiamat.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Tiamat is basically just like if water was a god,
1: mm. essentially. And that's what Leviathan not is. Not in D. <laughs> Isn't
0: <laughs> Tiamat in D and
1: D? Yeah, but not she's not Okay. She's a she first of all in D and D. Yeah. Um and I she think has, she's a she in Canaanite
0: or Mesopotamia for yeah, sure as well.
1: Maybe. Uh but it has five heads, all of them are different uh different uh types of dragon that exist, yeah. so blue all of the chromatic dragons
0: but then you see them working off that again this idea of like an ancient yeah. dragon with lots of heads which the bible's pictured and in the greek time of the greeks they have that too they just call it hydra like they're not working off something new they haven't invented a new thing they're working with the dnd has hydras too really
1: yeah they're different
0: different hydras
1: they're the, the Greek ones, not the yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like just a five-headed creatures.
0: Yeah, I just more or less mean like we've had this symbology for a very long time. This thing is chaos. This thing is evil. This thing is powerful. Mm-hmm. In all these old ancient religions, what the Israelite religion does with it is say, yeah, but God is God of yeah, that. above all. And that thing is nothing compared to him. It only exists because he lets it exist, and one day he will just chop its head off. You know, like so. So that's that's kind of the story. Uh, and if that's the water creature, then it also gives us a, an earth creature in
1: Job. And a fire creature.
0: Uh,
1: four seasons of uh, n- no uh, seasons? more like
0: if so. If the ocean is chaos itself. And we picture that as Leviathan, then the earth has also got its own chaos, because we all feel and see that. Um and Job talks about behemoth, mm-hmm. which is more or less like a giant. I I don't know how to explain it, but like some people are like, no, that's a water creature too. But it sounds more like it's a marsh type creature. Like there's water involved, but it's swampy. Yeah, it's a swamp. It can go on land and water. So it's pictured kind of as like a a land kaiju. So like the chaos of earth, the chaos of water together, and God is bigger than both of these. And uh, a lot of scholars today have tried to like turn these things into, well, maybe they just meant like a dolphin. I'm like, come on. (laughs) Oh, okay. A whale then. Uh, Does a leviathan with flames coming out of its nose and mouth sound like a whale to you while in the water like (laughs) yeah like it it just and
1: and then
0: behemoth they're like well it's a hippo or a crocodile or something i'm like
1: yeah Yeah, it really doesn't oh that yeah so there's uh so behemoth i think that's also uh, bahamut right bahamut and uh final fantasy or well there's lots of different uh he's also another god another type of oh, uh, religion yep
0: so if it's connected to that at all which it sounds yeah etymologically the same
1: i think he might be mesopotamian
0: might be uh but yeah i mean you at least bahamut or bahamut behemoth uh even in one religion is pictured kind of as like uh one of the gods pet cows more or less yeah yeah (laughs) but it's like a like powerful magical (laughs) anyways you see these all show up in the bible but they're subjected to god and they hold nothing on top of god but there's kaiju there and in jewish literature later they picture it as like the chaos of land and sea and then revelation um revelation takes those pictures itself you know we often there's a lot of symbolism in Revelation. So when like uh when a uh when Satan is a dragon with seven heads, we're like, mm-hmm. I wonder what the seven heads mean. And that's good, you should be wondering that. But there's already a dragon with seven heads in the Bible. Yep. <laughs> so you shouldn't Get be Dora. thinking, well, it can't be. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be Leviathan, though. It's like, well, Leviathan is pictured as what? <laughs> He's got no power over God, God will slay him. He's seven heads, he's a dragon. Like, of course, Revelation's like, and here's the chaotic creature of this world that's come to fight. But then, the dragon raises up, what else? Like, another beast with seven heads comes out yeah. of the sea. So this is like, even more so Leviathan. It's a seven-headed sea Leviathan baby. Yeah. <laughs> and then it raises up what? a a beast out of the land this time. So it's like at the end of Revelations this giant kaiju battle but it's not just like I'm just John making this up he's working off the kaiju stories that are already in the Old Testament as everything else in Revelation comes from the Old Testament. It's pretty metal. Yeah. So he he paints this whole like (laughs) epic metal scene getting ready between all these monsters. I can just
1: hear the double bass pedal going right now. Yes, yeah, there is
0: there is symbolism, but he's also working with the images and metaphors and theology that's already been laid out. It's not that he actually thinks all these dragons will attack us, but that the chaos of land and sea under the leadership of Satan have always been attacking us and continue to attack us. And when we worship them, we give ourselves over to chaos and we should be worshiping god who can slay it and will ultimately slay these beasts and throw them into a lake of fire destroying them forever like that's a that's an epic and awesome image yeah um and the bible is really cool when it comes to like <laughs> let me take your kaiju like this could be an epic movie you know like oh, this yeah, could be sure. in the monster verse with a the theological spin so anyways um I think you even see in these movies that we've been watching that when you come in contact with these kaiju, you come in contact with chaos. Uh the only difference is that they paint these kaiju as good, you know, like well, in some ways. I think they tried to. They try in the weirdest way. Like after you watch Godzilla destroy a town, they're like, yeah. oh, he really came here to protect us. He was
1: protecting us the Did entire time.
0: <laughs> but then you see it fight against these other monsters, but you know it's doing it because it has rivalry, not yeah. because it like cares about you. So like
1: it puts a different spin on Godzilla it. Godzilla cares about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that you know it's like a like a D like deity yeah. trying to be all like, Oh yeah, I care about you. That's why I wage war on your land and destroy half of you.
0: Yeah, well, That's great. The, I'm protecting you. The theological messaging of the Bible, though, is the opposite. These things yeah. don't care about you; they're using you. Worship the, if you worship them, you're empowering them, and they will devour you while you do it. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's it makes for a um, interesting take on on it. It wakes us up to pay attention to some of the same themes will come across in the Bible. You know, like is Leviathan real? Is behemoth real? My answer is yes and no. Like, do I think there's a creature named Leviathan hanging out in the sea somewhere and like one day it will rise up? No, I don't. But do I think that the spiritual identity of, of this being exists? Biblically, I can say yes, because in the end it's all likened to the chaos of Satan and he's
1: painted as a real villain that needs to be destroyed so yeah we talked a little about seven heads and everything and it kind of reminded me of um if anyone knows like uh, nordic like mythology as well mm-hmm. um there's the sea serpent um that eats its own tail and that's like how the universe like the never-endingness of the universe um oh what's that called Of ouroboros um and Is that the thing in God of War. Yeah. Okay. Um it's the giant sea serpent that eats its own tail. Uh a lot of scholars believe that they get that from the Jewish like theology behind the Leviathan hmm. being a a like complete like being. In that it's like they're not talking about necessarily its like it's uh it's not talking about it's necessarily its um amount of heads but rather the um what kind of like being it is uh but like it connected with you know
0: yeah well the word leviathan itself and i i don't have my book right in front of me but essentially means like s- swirling no twisting mm-hmm. twisting mm-hmm. um
1: which is another, yeah,
0: yeah, and so you could see how it would come from that. It's like this twisting mm-hmm. snake of sorts,
1: yeah, that lives uh, in the water and and wants to wants to eat everybody because it's yeah. chaos and it's hungry.
0: And it's in some <laughs> ways, it's death itself. It's mm. it's shield. It's the underworld. It's underneath us because it lives in the ocean yeah, lives in sheol <laughs> and when Jonah's thrown off the boat and devoured by a big fish there's been a lot of like studies into well is this actually just leviathan like because jonah writes this whole poem while he's down there it's like i was turned over to sheol and then Sheol spit me out is kind of the yeah. way that his story
1: is pictured kind of a kind of like he died kind of a thing yeah because he
0: did i mean he yeah. didn't all the way to the bitter end, he did not want to do what he was supposed to do. I mean, come on. There's a storm on your boat. You know you're the problem. And instead of saying, guys, I need to repent and the storm will stop, he says, kill me. Just kill me. <laughs> yeah. Do like, it. Throw me kill. over. And it's not until he's drowning and the depths of Sheol overtake him that he starts to write this poem about God will deliver me from, from this place. And then Sheol spits him out where he needs to be.
1: Leviathan spits him out where he needs to be the dragon. You know? God's just God's just sitting there the entire time like, Bro, just go there. <laughs> just go. And then he's he's like, Okay guys, kill me and God's like <laughs> Come on,
0: man. Well, even that's interesting though, is like <laughs> it almost brings about this leash and um God slaying it perspective at the same time. Chaos is bad. Chaos is the antithesis of God because God is order, is how the Bible pictures him.
1: Chaos is death, yeah.
0: Yeah. And yet God uses chaos. He uses Leviathan on the leash. Like, if chaos will exist, I'll use it to my advantage right now.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Eat up Jonah, spit it out. Uh, And we, we see this happen sometimes where God, you know, a lot of people are always like, if God's real, why is there evil? You know, things like that sometimes it's because he's allowing This always sounds weird when you try to say it out loud, but as I try to process through that, he's allowing, if it's going to exist, he's going to use it to teach us. So like, for example, I get addicted to drugs or something. This is evil. This is chaos. This is destroying my life. If everything was good, I would not turn away from this but yeah. hopefully the chaos will just eventually overwhelm me so much that i will finally say i need out of this you know because if it didn't do that i would just keep abusing people hurting people and uh without any repercussions without any pain to myself
1: you know for me it stems back to kind of like the beginning of how that's all introduced right with like adam and eve and like you know, metaphorical or literal, it still comes down to the idea that um, like they chose something, they keep choosing this, this like knowledge um, and this, they, they keep choosing this it's not just knowledge it's it's what you do like when a lot of people talk about like you talk about drug drug abuse and stuff like that, a lot of people talk about like when they have drugs, they feel like their mind is opened to a new like sort of knowledge mm-hmm. um and in the same way, I think that uh that like choice that we keep going back to those things is the reason why like God's not he we're he like made us because he wants us to be here, right so my my thought is we have this free will you know it's it's still mixed in with god's like ultimate determinism that exists and the determinism that we experience in everyday life like i could walk across the street without looking um and if i don't want to get hit by a bus well i can't control that if i don't look where i go so there's still some deterministic properties in real life along with your free will with that though um god is kind of looking at this like yeah these things exist chaos is a thing that exists it's part of the part of the universe um it's a part of if law and order is going to exist there has to be something that is the opposite of law and order if good is to exist there has to be something that is opposite of good a choice at least has to exist unfortunately we as humans um seem to be a big part of god's plan uh for the universe his reason for us existing i mean he talks about it a lot as like we're made in his image like only a few other beings in the universe you know yeah. spiritual and material um and in that I, I feel like though that's the reason why those evil things seem to still exist is because we choose to let them be here
0: yeah and god has chosen not to end them yet i mean is the whole story of the bible is yeah. i will eventually deal away with chaos but like i think sometimes when we're like why does it still exist now? I think the answer sometimes is
1: I think well, we're choosing it. you're choosing it, and I'm allowing that to exactly like wake you up. And like, <laughs> I think the ultimate goal, like, I think Tolkien kind of hit a point for me, and I'll, you know, I'll keep talking about Tolkien for the rest of my life. I think kind of Tolkien hit a point for me where he talks about, you know, this new earth that's being created after everything's done, it's our responsibility to like. Helping that creation that that building up of the new new location. The Shire was burned down Now we have to go make something of it um The Shire was burnt down ultimately because of the choices that were made throughout the history of middle earth same as our choices We're we're burning down this earth pretty terribly humans are terrible to each other terrible to the earth that we live on we're pretty destructive beings, and I think that God is trying to teach us through Christianity, um, trying to teach us how to not be that way with each other. So that we, when we rebuild, when he says, okay, finally everything's destroyed, we're starting again from a clean slate, that he'll have given us the knowledge and the teaching and everything that we need Um, you know, hopefully we're not still choosing terrible things or else (laughs) we probably shouldn't be there. Um, but we need to be able to pursue that, uh, that perfect, uh, new earth and new heaven.
0: Yeah. Well, that's all part of about as the slogan is here in Jackson, as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. One day heaven takes over everything. We're starting the process right now when we choose order and love over chaos and hate. Mm -hmm. Um, And while chaos exists, um, I think sometimes God will find that it serves a purpose in teaching us uh, rather than just let chaos be chaos. I, I don't know. I think Revelation kind of pictures that sometimes itself is is there's always a struggle at the beginning of Revelation with, like, the apocalyptic horsemen, you know? Yeah. Like, you're like, God, why did you send these angels to us? You know, like, but I, I, and I could be wrong about this. I've been trying to find how to say this for a long time, but I think when you look at these apocalyptic horsemen, I think they're not supposed to be, like, good angel type. I think these are more or less, like, Demons, I mean one of yeah, them one no. of them is death itself, you know yeah it 's like God is essentially saying, Look,
1: these are the things that you guys wanted in your life i 'm turning you over yeah, to the consequences you're... of your actions, and he 's waiting for that moment, right, yeah. so like that 's the big thing I think that 's so crazy to me is like god 's waiting for that mm-hmm. moment, like we think that like the world is terrible right now, and like you know the pandemic happened, and everything's gone you know terrible Mm -hmm. but then at the same time like god still hasn't started that yet you know what i mean well certain things have started to happen from all revelation but you know they always have been yeah
0: so like even i think COVID is a, a good like example like did god just bring COVID upon us i i don't think i would say it like that or phrase it like that Rather, we know that death and disease is something that already exists. When heaven comes about in its fullness, it won't. Mm -hmm. But for now, it does. And we, in many ways, being turned over to that, woke us up to a lot of other pain in the world that we otherwise wouldn't have. I mean, think of like like race issues. Yes, we've been growing in that over the years, but slowly. And what... COVID did was like, it increased just our angst about everything to the extent that like when horrible things happen, like we no longer could just like shut up about it. Yeah. Our prayers that, <laughs> that black lives would be acknowledged and heard for their pain were amplified. But Oh yeah. What, one of the triggers in that was the use of chaos to bring about like, to increase the voice so it's like if you will COVID is something that exists from like a you know just think of all the death and disease we would have if God just wasn't controlling anything in the first place. Yeah. you know, If he just removed his hands away from everything. Well, Revelation gave us a glimpse of that. Yeah, if God was just like, you want the world to be as as it can, (laughs) I remove my protection. And that's, I think a lot of times the Bible paints it is that difficulty comes on us when God removes his protection Mm -hmm. uh, because he's the one holding it all in place. Think of that with Israel Mm -hmm. in exile, right? God dwells in the temple with Israel. So in many ways, they're somewhat untouchable because this is God's land. And then Ezekiel, I think it's Ezekiel, has a vision. He's like, hey, I had a vision. God left. (laughs) (laughs) He's not here anymore. (laughs) And so we all know what that means, right? When I say we're going into exile, you shouldn't be thinking like, you can't touch us. God lives here. It's like he's not here anymore you know like that should like oh what you know and then they go into exile which is exactly what you would theologically expect to happen when you think that the presence of god is no longer tangibly found in your sanctuary better go find him again yeah (laughs) it's not that you're untouchable because god's like right there because there are plenty of times in the bible where they wanted their own way and they had the Ark of the Covenant. God's like, no, I'm not going to bless what you're doing. You know, so it's not that simple. <laughs> but at the same time,
1: if you have God's stuff, everything's the, everything you well, do is right. That's what people still teach, and it drives me nuts. You know? I know,
0: that's not biblically accurate at all. But it's all, the Bible does also paint like when God removes Himself from the situation, or the He's removing the protection that that is there to keep you safe. And then you'll be turned over to the chaos. And in the midst of the chaos, will you still follow Jesus? Or will you look at chaos itself and start to worship that saying like, I can find some kind of protection here. At least I won't be martyred like the rest of these Christians. And that's that's part of the Bible's other question is like, how far are you willing to go for true order and love? Or will you eventually give in to chaos? Because if you give in to chaos and disorder, Uh, uh, and hate, well, that has its place in the lake of fire. And so that's that's the journey that you're walking now instead of following Jesus. It's apostasy. You've turned your back on worshiping the one true God to follow one of the lesser ones. Yeah. So, you know, is all of this stated in the monster verse? No. Yep. Every
1: single (laughs) part of it. They were like... Man, how do we explain this so deep? Uh, how do You're probably wondering if you haven't watched it. Man, how did they get that much into an hour and a half movie? I um, guess you'll have to watch to find out. No.
0: Well, nope. no, not so much.
1: Nope.
0: <laughs> but cultures throughout history have always had stories of dragon-like beings and other oh, yeah. monsters. Oh, yeah. And those monsters represent something to them, just like Kong and and Godzilla represents something to us. I mean in some ways we're like why some people are probably like watching this just automatically thinking through our own like why does Kong care about humanity? Why does he want to like help us? Well, maybe evolutionistically, you know, like he sees something of of us in himself or I see something of myself in Kong, you know, and and like <laughs> that's not the lens through which any ancient um, person would look at this. Yeah. Though they might be like you know, disposable thumbs. This thing's like me more than other animals. Disposable, Disp- opposable. <laughs> sorry, sorry, not disposable. <laughs> this thing's got opposable thumbs, dude. King Kong has disposable thumbs. Just to be clear, I'm not wrong. They are disposable. <laughs> um,
1: oh no, that's great. But like, we're that we're <laughs> we're seeing
0: new narratives in the monsters, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing's kind of like me and. And it cares about humanity, maybe because of that. Maybe it likes this little girl because, in many ways, it can think of if he had a daughter. I don't don't know. I I like that one. I like (laughs) that. Whereas Godzilla is just kind of like, nope, giant lizard thing, blowing things up, little care for humanity, except apparently it does. I don't know. It's confusing.
1: (laughs) Godzilla disposable thumbs disposable thumbs i i love the godzilla movies just because you know giant monsters beating each other up is just a fun fun thing to have yeah I and mean, that's a that's a fun story yeah. i mean the bible even talked about it is the way i see it you know mm. the bible was even like man, that's a pretty cool story yeah giant monsters beating each other up <laughs> yeah
0: and then you know jesus coming and just slaying it so it's pretty <laughs> epic so
1: Anyways, with that sword being of his said, mouth. <laughs> with the sword of his mouth and <laughs> his judgments. Now it's um, even more metal because there's double bass and G- Jesus is doing screamo as, <laughs> as he is, he's murdering these guys. Well,
0: uh, <laughs> that being said, you'll never look at Revelation the same. Um, but yeah, kaiju oh. play a part in our story as well. Uh, they are chaos, and they are any nation that follows chaos. Um, my final point, Egypt egypt is pictured as yes. leviathan throughout the bible uh like they're just kind of like called leviathan sometimes it's almost as though i don't know if they like worshipped leviathan or they just Leviathan was like a
1: mascot they never you know? worshiped leviathan
0: well regardless of it though the bible's like when you think of leviathan and all the chaos it represents against god's people think of egypt yeah it's the same thing mm-hmm. so we too become Leviathan. We become Babylon when we act and worship that, and so it's a good call to us to, to stop and, as the Bible says, to leave Babylon behind and just follow the King and the Kingdom of Heaven. Is Babylon so, like a giant mech? Babylon is like a giant prostitute in Revelation. <laughs> I, was,
1: so, I was joking.
0: Yes, <laughs> the question. I gave you the answer. So with that being said, join us next week to find out more.